maybe help my mom while she's trying to recover or get through mm. this and uh, packed everything I owned in the car, left a, the place with all the furniture. Hopefully the next person moves in can use this. I got no time. I can't do anything wow. with it. You just pack, like, pack up and go. Yeah. Uh, blinded one eye. This is the JAR podcast where real people have real conversations. Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to The Jar. It's your host, Ken. I have, I have managed to escape Phoenix, climb over the mountain, up the, up the hill, up the 17, landed back in God's country, and I'm here in Flagstaff. And it's been a long time. It's kind of a kind of a cool coming home and away for me. My daughter went to school here, so I, I spent quite a few of my free you know, vacation days flying back from Asia, and I would spend them around here for a few days. And just down this road I'm looking at, right around the corner is my back entrance to the Grand Canyon. I used to go there early in the morning, about 5.30, 6.30 in the morning. So I got some great memories right here. Hanging out with Dale, I've drove past this property uh, oh man, a dozen times several years ago. So really kind of cool. I'm, I'm hanging out with Dale. Dale, welcome to the show. Thank you, Ken. Yeah. I appreciate so, the opportunity. Dale was playing the ultimate uh, tour guide and, and uh, kind of hooked me up with a little early morning r- arrival slide into uh, the farmer's market. Banging farmer's market. Great setup, great veggies, food, all the farmer's market stuff. Just a classic. You got to meet a few of my friends. And I got to meet that, a few of Dale's friends. Of yeah. Phoenix that come up here for their to run their booths. Yeah, a fellow Chicago. Yeah. And the guy that started Taste of Chicago. I actually met one of the guys that started Taste of Chicago. That's crazy. What an interesting fellow. Jeff is Jeff. something else. Yeah. An executive Who, pastry chef. He is a master at his craft. He's a master chef. Yeah. Yeah. It's a master chef. Dale, welcome to the show. Thanks for thanks for setting us up out here in paradise. I'm glad the weather was nice. Yeah, the weather's holding up. You might end up in the sunshine a little towards the end. That's all right. Yeah, well, it, <laughs> I, I was 30 years in Florida, the beaches of Tampa Bay, Florida, before I moved here eight years ago. Okay. When my second grandson was on his way. Okay. Okay. So well, let's get into it. I'm kind of anxious to hear the story. There's a lot going on beneath the the skin here. Yeah, we've talked quite a bit at the farmers market, so yeah. we'll see where we go from there. We're gonna see where we'll we start. go. Well, let's begin again. Hi, I'm Dale. Nice to meet you, Ken. 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 Yeah, Ken. Good welcome you, to the show. That's a cool van you got there. I like my van. It's become real, my it's become my friend. Real people, real conversations. And I think that's what attracted me when I saw your thing on Facebook. Like, hey, I'm not looking for celebrities, just looking for average people. Yeah. I was like, well, I'm average people, I think. You're my people. <laughs> we're we're each like other's it. people. <laughs> yes, we're we are. We're each other's people. Dale, where are you from? Where'd you grow up? Uh, born and raised in Cincinnati, Ohio. A little town called Sharonville, right outside Cincinnati. I'm uh Basically a German hillbilly. My mother is the son of a coal miner. She, my, I am the son of a coal miner's daughter. My grandfather had a black lung disability and retired from that industry. And he, I'll tell you one thing about hillbillies. My mom hated being called a hillbilly. I own it. I love it. I'm a German hillbilly. My father's side's German. My mother's side's just Eastern Kentucky. But that side of the family goes back to my wife. My children could be daughters of the American Revolution. Absolutely. It goes back all the way to the before we were a country. Trains and didn't move. 
Uh, what trains? Iron didn't get any, forged. Nope. Nothing happened without coal miners, Horse baby. Horse and buggy and then coal mining and tobacco. And I think uh, probably the number one cash crop in Kentucky was marijuana. Yeah, it used and, to be. Uh, yeah. Then moonshine. Uh, my great uncle Paul made the best shine in five counties in eastern Kentucky. And the <laughs> town they were in was Millstone, and it was Letcher County. And if you've seen that TV show Justified, yeah, it's entertainment. It's loosely based on some good reality. Um, if it's not white lightning, if it's not corn liquor, it's not moonshine. That is moonshine. Yeah, anything good. made from fruit, anything Grain. else, vegetables, that's yeah. brandy. That's yeah. There's a distinction to true moonshiners. So, you know, my family's uh, ridge running, moonshine making, coal digging. And then my dad's side, he, you know, they're German. I think his grandfather came over from after post-World War I. Um, and my dad and his brother were in World War II. Uh, my dad was the uh, prosecutor in our small town. And so I come from a law and order household. His brother, my uncle, was a captain in the night shift at the Cincinnati Police Department during the, I would guess, late 50s to early 80s. And uh, I love my uncle, Woody. Woodrow, I want to say Woodrow, Wilson, Brig. I'm a junior, so I'm... You know, when you're growing up, you mom couldn't always say, did you want Big Dale or Little Dale? when people would call and I was like, mom, I'm, I'm, I'm in middle school now. You can't keep calling me little Dale. So it became DJ, DJ for Dale Jr. Ah, oh, that's then, clever. Uh, you know, kind of jumping ahead later in life, I was 290 pounds. I worked field supervisor as a sinkhole engineer in Florida, 290 plus today. I'm 194, 195. Um, I had two nicknames with those construction crews. One was Heavy D, and uh, my last name is Briggs, so another crew of the, because they didn't work directly for me. I worked for the engineer, and uh, the, the, this other crew called me Iceberg, and I had to step up to them, because these are all big country boys in Florida, and big construction work in country boys hole digging holes with shovels and shit and i would step up to them and look i'd have to look up to them i say just remember all you see is 30 percent of that iceberg the rest of that is beneath the surface so don't push me i'm getting paid to be here your company don't get paid until my engineer signs off on the job so the homeowner wants to be happy the insurance company wants to be happy and i know you guys want to get your bonus if you yeah. get this job done in your timeline so you got to work with me so I can mm. keep the engineer, had the geotechnical engineer, which um, I could name names of those three different companies. Bring, bring it back to Ohio. Back to bring Ohio. Bring us back to Ohio. All right. So growing up, what's your spiritual journey like? What's what's going on in the house with mom? You're mom hanging and out dad. with mom. Um, well, dad. you know, my dad was the prosecutor in our town. That yeah. was a low, that was a, uh, uh, an elected position. Uh, the solicitor. Back then, and later became law director. Spiritual journey. Uh, spiritual journey. So um, <laughs> stay focused, Dale. We stay were, with me, my friend. This could be stay tough. with me, my good, brother. Good luck. Good luck. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying. <laughs> you are. Um, we were uh, we were members of the local Methodist church. Okay. United okay. Methodist Church in Sharonville. Uh, not devout goers. Holidays. Um, 
Make a holidays. Light, a light approach. You know, I did confirmation. You know, okay. had to learn the books of the Bible. I do not know Bible and uh, scripture, chapter and verse, but I did have to memorize as closely as I could. We had a girl, Martha Klosterman, that actually 100% on the test for the books of the Bible, she, uh, both, both testaments, didn't miss a, a book. Me, I think I was like eight, 79, 80%. It was passing. Wow, that's, that's pretty good. I never would have got, got that high. Well, that was, you know, it's confirmation class. You wanted to get... Con- you wanted to get over whatever it, yeah. that. I wanted to get through it and just <laughs> get back to being a Boy Scout and... Uh, um, Bro- yeah. Brothers, sisters? Got two older brothers or my half brothers. Uh, their father, my mom divorced their father years before she met my dad. And... Uh, they're 10 and 14 years older than me. Mm-hmm. My oldest is Ron, and my middle brother, our middle brother is Mark Foster, Ron Foster, Mark Foster. So we have different last names. And uh, we were pretty close, but, you know, they moved out. My brother, uh, oldest brother, neither one had to go to Vietnam. I think he got mm-hmm. close to being yeah. in the draft, but... Um, Still in touch with them? Yeah. Yeah, my oldest brother, his wife's dealing with stage four cancer, started chemo about uh, eight, nine months ago. Um, my middle brother, his wife passed away, I believe, from cancer. Cancer fucking sucks. Cancer just sucks. Cancer sucks. Yeah, it's right. okay. Cancer sucks. Um, and the way this country and the big pharma deals with it, big pharma profits from keeping people sick not curing them. If they cured people, they would no longer need the big pharma for everything. You know, good business model, curing people. No, that that wouldn't be a good (laughs) business model for them. It really wouldn't. I mean, for somebody else to come along. The business of medicine and big pharma, it's just, it's a poor culture, kind of like fuel and gas economy. We know 100 mile per gallon cars and engines have been Developed and oil companies have bought them and buried them and hit it. And, yeah, it's a real you know, thing. It's, it's a real thing. Um, so high back school, to yeah, high, high school, school was that? Uh, yeah, were you I the was, good kid, a bad kid. You were know, you running, was, you're growing up in that age where anything could happen, right? I was kind so, of middle of the road. I had uh, friends on the football team. I was on the tennis team. Um, I was a lifeguard through high school into college. Uh, ah, okay. I've always had two, three jobs. I mean, a, a work ethic was important in our family. Midwest, man. Uh, Midwest upbringing. Um, but now I go back and I don't even recognize her town. The The biggest amusement park in our in Ohio were Cedar Point up in Cleveland. Been there many times as and a kid. And then Kings Island down near, just north of Cincinnati in Mason, Ohio, I okay. think. Um, used to be farm, surrounded by farmland with a PGA golf course. I, I did a pro-am caddy. I don't even remember the name of the pro I caddied for. But um, so I caddied, I set up and tore down for wedding receptions and dances at our community center. I was a lifeguard, eventually became a pool manager. Um, My dad had some properties, so I've been painting and drywalling and doing landscaping from, I don't know, seven, eight years old on. I was the gopher and then... I can remember doing a roof on my brother's house, and it was one of these steep pitches. Oh, I forget yeah. what they are, 12-something, but really steep. And my both my brothers, uh, neither one of them wanted to do those first three courses because we had two tall ladders with a, uh, a scaffolding between them. And my dad, he was older. You know, he was in his 40s when I was born. He got married at like 38, 39. I 
came along two years later, right at the beginning of his political uh, career as a law director, um, none of them wanted to go out and nail those first three courses to where you could nail in the ladder jacks yeah, yeah. to put the, the board across. Well, you know, hey, little Dale, DJ. What, what we got do you a think? job for you. We got a job for you. Uh, <laughs> need you to get up there. You just walk across there. We're going to tie yep. a rope around your waist, and we're going to hang it over the other side of the house, and your big brother's going to hang on to it. And dad and, and my middle brother were going to watch me over here. I'm like, sure, I got this. So I nailed the first three and a half course, three, four courses, got to the point where we got the ladder jacks up there, nailed down, and put the board across, and we could and everybody shingle. Yeah. So I've done shingle roofing. Uh, I was think I was a teenager, maybe 12, 13 then. So construction skills, handyman skills, been something I've done all my life. Mm. Dad had a little apartment building right next to the Sharonville Municipal Services and Police Department, literally next to it, based it. Uh, 13 unit, I inherited it. And uh, later in life, had to sell it, unfortunately. That was my retirement. I cleared after paying everything, the accountant, the bookkeeper, put money aside for future major repairs. I was getting 2400 a month. That would have been a nice retirement. So, you know, later in my life, things change. And that, I, Stuff I happens. All that. Yeah, life S happens. College? Uh, I went to the University of Cincinnati. I was a Bearcat. Uh, did uh, a little over five years there, and I didn't. <laughs> I did a little over five years. It's only like a penitentiary. Uh, that so. and my career at Valpac, we call it uh, Valcatraz. Uh, we joke about that, those of us that survived and, and moved on with our lives after. But, um, yeah, uh, most of my friends went to Ohio State. Might have heard of that school, the Ohio State Buckeyes. I mean, they're a small school in Columbus. You know, the only thing that keeps Columbus from sliding into Cincinnati is that Cleveland sucks. And you, if you've ever seen the Cleveland Browns, there's a reason why they call it the dog pound and throw dog biscuits at their football, at their the players, <laughs> Cleveland. No, no. I'm I'm not my, you're not dragging me into one, those, one Ohio, best, those Ohio those Ohio wars. Best I'm not taking the bait. I'm not taking the bait. Mike Sakely, uh, one of my best friends back in high school, was uh, from Chardon uh, area, a, a city community outside of Cleveland or part of the Cleveland. And so I've never been to Cedar Point in my life, not once, because we had Kings Island, and every two years, three years, either Kings Island, Cedar Point. Uh, I want to say, I don't even think Universal was around. There was one other, had the biggest, baddest, longest, fastest roller coaster. Yeah, Cedar and Point. It, and it kept bouncing. Well, no, it kept, yeah, Cedar Point. One year, Cedar Point had the highest. Then Kings Island had the longest. The, fa the, long the fastest. fastest. Yeah, whatever. They still have the old Woody roller coasters, the racer. And then at one point, they had the bat, which was one of those hanging ones that, that was on a rail. And I think someone died on it. I don't remember that it was shut down. I don't. It's I, not fun unless someone's been dead, right? But the me, the metal rails are the new thing. They're smooth. They can pull more G's. They uh, have so much more. Whether it's underneath or above, you can do so much more crazier shit on those kind of roller coasters. So you're in. You go to. You're in Ohio. Then, you're in college. In college. How uh, did you end up in Florida? Because Florida seems like a lot going on down well, there. Well, no, yeah, not really. Um, so. College was personnel and industrial relations. I okay. was in the Army Army ROTC for three years. You know, at two years, they want you to sign a contract. 
Dale, when you just sign a contract, this is now I graduated high school in 83. So mid eighties, late eighties, mid right. to late eighties. Um, like, uh, uh, hold on, uh, two and a half years. Come on, Dale. We need you to sign at, at the end of beginning of my third year. They're like, Dale, you've been in with us for a while now. We, we really need you to sign a contract with the army to go in as a first, second Lieutenant, first Lieutenant. I don't even remember. Um, I'm like, we don't have a conflict anywhere in the world. Seriously. We didn't anywhere in the world. No, no major conflict. And I will have to give up my civil liberties because as a military, you can't speak out there. You, you are under different laws and rules. And, uh, I, that was what I told them. I didn't tell them I was a real pothead. I loved smoking weed even back then. And I had a drinking problem. I, I mean, I didn't looking back then it wasn't a drinking problem. I was just fun, but I started drinking moonshine at like 11, 12 years old, visiting family in Eastern Kentucky and Virginia. You'd show up to go to church camp and our parents would drop us off at our aunt and uncles, ben, uncle Ben and aunt Bay. And their house literally was between the church camp and the lake for the church camp where the, the head pastor of the church camp had this, uh, had his house on the lake. Coolest little spot just over Jenkins Mountain in Wise, Virginia. My family still lives there today. Some of them are still doing coal mining, but strip mining. Yeah. Way different than. Uh, yeah, yeah. Because you can reclaim that. And in two years, you've got green hills and trees are starting to grow again. But uh, you'd show up with a cough. <coughs> Sorry. Oh, Aunt Faye, come, come on in here. You sit down here in the in the, in the kitchen. Let me get you some medicine. She'd reach in. We'd pay attention. She'd reach into the cabinet. Out would come not just a mason jar, a god dang half gallon, gallon size of mason jar of moonshine. And you get a big old giant spoonful. That was your spoonful of medicine to help get rid of whatever it was that ailed you. Now come midnight, we'd join my cousin and my other cousins that were visiting. We'd sneak in there and now we knew where the moonshine was. And we knew that it felt good once you got yeah. past the burn. And uh, like I said, my uncle Paul made the best moonshine in five counties. And uh, there, I oh mean, there's folklore going back to when we, people would go visit years later. So my uncle Paul, you know, in the hospital, seventies, cirrhosis of the liver or whatnot, but he needed to make money to cover bills. So he told my uncle Ben, he was going to have a potato patch in the back corner of the property there. I don't know how many acres they had. That's where I learned to drive on a tractor uh, and picking green beans at my aunt, uncle Ben's. Um, but he would uh, take the horses, the mules in a wagon. He'd haul things out there. like he was working on the potato. Well, he's hauling sacks of sugar and all the shit to rebuild his still uh, just outside the property line, but through the property. So after uncle Paul had died, my great uncle Paul, my mom's uncle, um, they of course knew about the still and the site. It became like the family tradition to take people back there, show them where it was. They even had a couple of cases with really aged moonshine. Now I heard 15 to 20 years later. So they were doing the tour, showing people the site, how to, you know, hear helicopter planes go by the trees, you know, they knew how to stay away from the, that movie TV series justified yeah, yeah. was entertaining and close, but Har Harlan Gibbons never would have left the mountain in West Virginia, there in West Virginia. He, he'd been lost in the line of duty and they never would have found him again. 
So you you escaped the ROTC. <laughs> um, yes, I did. I and, said, I'm sorry, I can't do that. Yeah. You're very and then, good. And then you're back at school. And what happens? How did you? So what happens so, next? All my life, my dad planned on retiring and going to Florida. Okay. So we had two vacations a year. We do the family oh, vacation, okay. just like Chevy Chase, piling the... With him, it was an old Eldorado, uh, not even a station wagon. Sometimes his sisters would come along, my Stella and Delma. And it was funny because Stella always got my head when I wanted to sleep, and Delma always got my feet. She always kind of reminded us of that. She, she, It, it, it bothered her. <laughs> but Aunt Stella was the sweet one, and Aunt Delma was a little more. But... Uh, so, you know, sometimes they go on the family, but twice a year. So I've been up and down the entire peninsula of Florida from one end to the other um, all my life growing up mm. on our family vacation. So when it did come time for my dad to retire, about the time I was dropping out of college, uh, I got a sales job. I briefly landed in uh, uh, Schaumburg and Hoffman Estates at West Chicago, which was an interesting story moving up there. South it's another story. Stay in Florida. So we're in Florida. Uh, my dad, so I'm I'm back, getting out of college. My dad finally bought a place on Treasure Island, Florida, right next to the Treasure Island Yacht Club on the water. It was a condo. Well done, Dad. And when they built this condo, it was a, it was a public housing project. So they were reimbursed 110%, whatever they put into it. And that's how they made really good profit. But the it's the only hurricane shelter on Treasure Island. The the pilings, which are about as big around as, as that, go all the way down to the bedrock, which wow. I learned later being a field supervisor for geotechnical oh, yeah. engineers, sinkhole engineers. I learned a lot more about that. But um, the pilings literally went down to the bedrock. So this place was in the, the walls, had this uh, corrugated steel, um, kind of looked like a really thick cardboard box that has all these vent, vents and veins in it, poured concrete. So when someone wanted to put a doorway in a wall, it would take two days with a jackhammer to jackhammer out an opening for one single door. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how well built this place was. So he Jeez. bought the condo, but he was still living in Ohio. I had left Cincinnati, dropped out of college, took this sales job to be a sales manager for safety plus fire extinguishers and flame retardants. They had these handheld Halon fire extinguishers, mm. which had the coolest presentation. You take a pie pan, pour some lighter fluid in it, light it, and you'd put just a little bit of Halon into a, a glass cup and you just pour it. Just you wouldn't even see the vapors pour into the pie pan and the fire was gone. What a damn sales demonstration that was. And Everybody wants that. So my first, I, I, I had the record for highest sales for first week sales or first month sales in the company. Of course, you know, I broke somebody's record. Someone broke my record. That's what records are for, to be broken. Hmm. Um, but that got me a choice of, uh, uh, so I thought I was on a great opportunity. A, store, uh, a location in Chicago opened up right when I was out of college. The, the shop was in Hoffman Estates. I moved into the apartment of the leaving manager who got transferred to Appleton, Wisconsin, like a demotion because he wasn't meeting up. But this is the way multi-level marketing works. The, these guys were from one of the soap 
companies, and they talked about picking up suitcases of cash on the East Coast by a boat, non-taxable, because all the monies were collected overseas. Anyways, um, so yeah, when I moved up there for this job, I had my car completely full, couldn't even see out the back. I'm get off the wrong exit short of the interchange to go to. Now, you know what part of Chicago you're in when you get off coming from Indianapolis into Cabrini Green. You were in, well, I don't know the fucking name of it. I know that it was the south side of Chicago. It was 1130 at night on a Friday or Saturday night. And I'm rolling through this area of Chicago. And I'm just like, I'm just like, I, I, I'm a little white college kid with my car <laughs> full of everything I own moving up here. And I come up to this intersection <laughs> with what oh, I lad. would say look like a reject from the professional football lineman. Hmm. As a cop. Oh, okay, good. Big, huge, huge. He was huge. Just huge. And and he was like, Stop. Walks up my door. What, what the hell are you, are you doing <laughs> in this neighborhood? You little cracker, what are you doing? He thinks I'm there to buy drugs, of course. Oh, you know. Okay. Why else would a white boy with all his shit worldly blinds okay, be cruising okay. the south side of Chicago at eleven thirty, twelve o'clock buying at dope, night? Yeah. Buying dope. Um and I'm like, um, I, I think I got off on on the wrong exit, sir, officer, because I know how to speak to cops and judges, hence the prosecutor father. Um, I, I think I got a. You're goddamn right. You got off on the wrong exit. As I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to get to Schaumburg. Uh, the, uh, and he's like, boy, I'm gonna tell you. You go up two streets and you take a right. And you go about four blocks and you will see a sign. You get on the highway there. And I better never see you back here again. He scared the living shit out of me. Yeah, he probably I, good I, reason. And I had family that lived probably in further south in Chicago, which is probably a nice neighborhood, a nicer. Yeah, Sox. Get down by Sox Park. Yeah. Or so, I don't know. Yeah, I never got to visit let me skip. Them. Let me skip some. Yeah. Take me to marriage. How'd you meet your wife? Oh, Jesus. Well, you yeah, never that's got a big me. jump. No, no, I wasn't yeah. married once. I had my first daughter before that, so I'll get to that one first. What, how'd you become a dad? So, okay, that's a better question. It's easier how'd to How'd you become a father? I became a father when I was traveling with the business that I had was running um, to different federal courthouses, bankruptcy creditor service. Anyways, uh, met my, uh, was in Tucson. My uncle had a business there. The secretary Ooh. at his business wanted to move to Florida. And I was bouncing through the second time through, talked me into, I'm going to move to Florida. I got friends moving there. Anyways, we had a relationship. Um, she got pregnant. Uh, we weren't getting married because she's flipping nuts. Um, <laughs> and that's my daughter here. In I know, I was going to say that's your daughter's Shelby. mom. Yeah, no, no. She's not in my daughter's life either because oh. she's flipping nuts. Oh, that's and that's we a bummer. Discuss part of that. Oh yeah. Reason. Okay. Yep. Ah. Uh, yes. Understand. There's the aha. Understand. So, uh, yeah. Um, yep. She was born on my one year on my daughter's one year birthday. I got served with papers. The judge signed on the possible threat of verbal and physical violence, and there was never any of that. My her mother was the one that was physically abusive, if anybody. Yeah. So, uh, yep, uh, one year birthday, within a month, her mother and my daughter were moved back to Tucson. 
So I now became a father from afar. Dang. Uh, I had got a job at that point with Valpac coupons, the blue coupons oh, in the blue what, envelope. Is that where you're doing the Valpac? The, the, okay. the, the mail the entire country. Okay. Um, so that's where I met my first and only wife. Okay. And we spent more time getting divorced than we were married. But we had a, we had a daughter in that marriage. So I've had two daughters. And you're here, state, and you're with her today. So, I mean, this is well, pretty with cool. this one, this was the first daughter. Yeah, yeah. Um, the second daughter after life circumstances, and I don't blame her, but I, she's an adult. She should be able to make better mm. choices now or redirect. So she chose not to be part of her half sister, my life, my mother's life. When my mother was dying of cancer, we, we didn't know why she was holding mm. on and we had to reach out and call her. Uh, my daughter did. I couldn't, um, I lost it when they were talking to my mom. So my mom was 83. They were, she was 10 years younger than my dad. My dad died at 83. Mm-hmm. My mother died at 83, 12 days after diagnosis, after having COPD, emphysema, and uh, something else for over a decade, and they never diagnosed cancer on her. She was in so much pain on her 83rd birthday that her, my stepfather, her husband, took her to the hospital. The pain was excruciating. She could, and they die, the x-rays, cancer, not only in your spine, but throughout your body, it's terminal. She tried taking uh, chemo. She was like, fuck this. Um, <sighs> so I was a sequel engineer. I'd left Outpack, um, renting an apartment. I told the guy, look, I'm moving back to Ohio. <sighs> maybe help my mom while she's trying to recover or get through mm. this and uh, packed everything I owned in the car left a, the place with all the furniture hopefully the next person moves in can use this I got no time I can't do anything wow. with it you just pack like pack up and go yeah uh, blind in one eye didn't know why it was cataracts I later found out um, not legally blind yet in the other eye because like again I was uh, working sinkhole field supervisor so i had to measure lift and it was basically just quality control make sure and answer questions from homeowner insurance contractor with the engineer i was a middle guy so i took a leave absence from that job came home and uh my mom had arranged for my daughter to bring my first grandson who was six months old to come beat everybody and beat him because she couldn't travel then um, before she knew yeah. the cancer and all that. Okay. So she was, while I'm driving to Ohio straight through overnight, I had like an old Mercedes Benz I got for two grand, um, completely packed with everything I owned, everything that I could keep. My daughter was on the phone with Southwest Airlines. Shit. Sorry, right, man. Take a deep breath. No, we're. We got all the time. So Southwest Airlines compassionate leave or whatever allowed her, her then husband, my, uh, or now her ex-husband, the father of both of my grandsons, um, get on a plane. They arrived the day after I got there. I arrived at like... Mm. 4.30 in the morning, I could see no light on. 
I didn't know my mother was in a bed right there in the living room, so I figured everyone's sleeping. I slept in the car. As soon as I saw a light come on, probably 7, 8 a.m., went to the house. They're like, oh, you should have just come and knocked. The nurses, they had hospice in, okay. in home. At this point, we knew she had chosen to end chemo within a, a week of trying because uh, they identified it immediately. Uh, Stop chemo. So we knew it was the end. Uh, near the end. And uh, shit. I, my stepfather had his sister in town helping him get deal with this. So I couldn't stay at the house. My brother let me, my middle brother, Mark, had me out. At shit. Mm. So I'm staying out in, God dang it, I can't remember the name of the town, East Cincinnati. About a 40-minute drive from there. So I stayed at my brother's for the next couple months uh, before I went, got called back to work for for the uh, sinkhole company. Um, but my daughter got there. My mother, who still painful today, my father and I look a lot alike. The gray hair, I started turning gray at 18. Fuck it, I just live with it. Um, today, I love being a grandpa. It's the best thing in the world. But um, I, I swear when she opened her eyes and saw me that day, I felt like she saw my dad there and had uh, wasn't the look that I, I was expecting. Yeah. You can imagine. That's... So, and, and it'll take you by surprise. I spent a lot of time sitting there with her. Same way I did with my daughters and my stepson. Uh, trying to put them to sleep, help them at night. Just rubbing my hands through their hair, my nails on their scalp. Uh, talking, maybe singing lightly. Did that a lot. And then the rest of the family, her other grandchildren, my brother's kids... Lauren and uh, she was never alone, which hmm. is good. And Just, what did you do? So you got called. She passed, and then you and, and no, then no, you I went, got there. You in had time. to go. Yeah, I got there in time. Um, it was twelve days from her birthday till she passed away okay. in early okay. August. Um, I was staying with my daughter in the hotel with her and my grandson. And her husband, uh, then husband, uh, when my, it was like 24 hours later, I got the call. Hmm. So we got ourselves together, went to the house and yep. had the funeral and all that before, uh, went back. But my dad had died 10 years, 83 also, 10 years before. And he was alone in the hospital. I was there every night after work, um, you know, it's really humbling to change your parents. Yeah, change diapers. Yep. Because he embarrassed and nurses aren't there. Nobody comes. Dad, don't worry about it. I got you. Yeah, that's a tough father-son moment. It's humbling. But it taught me things. Um, you know, at some point along the way, uh, dating somebody and did a test. My spiritual gift is service yeah. just based on who and what I do. And, uh, so 
Let's get into the jar. I'm a, we're yeah, going to skip 20. We're going to skip 30 years. Okay. Um, and see what comes out. Let's go there. Otherwise, we'll be here till dark and the sun will be setting. You already hold the record for the longest, the longest intro. <laughs> okay. Let's grab right. a question. Have a look. I'm going deeper because I don't know that you didn't stack the front. <laughs> I, I, I know that people think that, so I always put the hard ones in, in the, the back. back. Damn it. Damn it. <laughs> Next one's coming from the front where you really put the tough ones. Son of a bitch. Damn it, kid. If you were famous. Here, hand it to me. I'll read it for you. Okay. I'll, I'll help okay. you. Take a deep breath. If you were famous, what would it be for? Uh, what would I want it to be for, or what could it likely be for? It's your question. Uh, if, 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 I'd love to. I'm not a musician. I can't sing. Hmm. I've tried playing instruments. I can dance like a son of a bitch, though. So uh, I have a couple spiritual gifts. We'll save that for... What would I be famous for? Uh, hopefully, being a, a spiritual and uh, motivational, I don't want to say leader, uh, just a well-known guide for bringing people either to God or hmm. cleanness or whatever. The 12 steps are for everything, hmm. not just alcoholism and drugs. Uh, um, but. What would I be famous for? Yeah, just be it. Being a kind, loving human being, being a good example. I hope. Let's grab another one. Have a look. Hand it over. <sighs> Can you describe the best leaders you've ever worked with? Wow, that could be work, spiritual, yeah. recovery. All kind of leaders. Leaders are everywhere. I mean. First will be my father. That was, that was a great start. Mm. Trying to live up to, or just not trying to make him proud of who I become eventually. Luckily, he doesn't know the majority of the uh, the old life. He knows uh, it all. Yeah, they see everything. They're right there. Probably right around you right now somewhere. Uh, Hanging out for this. Have you received charity or help from another person? I'm a German hillbilly, and this one comes real easy because one of my character defects is I, I don't ask for help. Yeah. I, I refuse to. It's weakness. Just don't know um, how. If I tell people what I'm dealing with or going through, if they want to help me, just like when someone says something, well, I can help you with that. Let me help you with something. So, fuck yeah, I've had so many people... In my recovery from mm. drugs and alcohol, um, I've had uh, retired ministers, three, and come to immediate mind that have helped me to disciple me, to disciple others, to just be a spiritual. And I and I, I'm not a I'm an online minister. We talked about me mm -hmm. doing my first wedding ceremony for some friends, but they're not religious at all. Funny, one of their uh, uh, vows is not for richer or poorer for richer or richer and i like to point out that that's not monetarily that's for the richer and richer that they benefit each other mm. both in support and partners and dealing with everything because there's like four kids between them and they have the most smilingest baby i've ever met in my life and that's pretty good considering my I'm grandfather of two and 
Yeah. Oh, shoot, that's easy. What does sunrise represent to you? That's so easy. It's a new beginning. Every day is a new beginning, just another opportunity. Oof. How would you describe your sleep? Oof. Well, I have a, a <laughs> I love that one. extreme Oof. obstructive sleep apnea. Oh, good. I should have my CPAP, but it died, and it was over 15 years old, died three years ago. My current job uh, for my CDL permit is because I have been diagnosed with that. I must have a CPAP that has a Bluetooth or a chip, which this one was way too old to even that technology. So I'm put on a one-year CDL physical now, and uh, I will have my first, my insurance. I've been insurance for the first time in almost a decade. So I, that, my CPAP, my teeth, because my previous life took my teeth away. But, you know, we live through what we've, you, you, we overcome what we live through because that's part of who we are. That's yeah, the human thing. It's how we became who we are today. You dropped 100 pounds. You still need the CPAC? Uh, I'm not sure. It's weird now. Um, is that what I would? Today is 120 days clean and sober this time. It's been a 20-year, 19-year journey of five, six white chips. And this will be my final one because... God, I specifically heard like we're having a conversation, like the get sober minded. Two occasions I had quit drinking. I was still smoking weed and I smoked a bowl with some people and they were telling me that the last blackout drunk that I had, because it wasn't a, I'm not an everyday drinker, but when I go out and I'm having a good time, I'm fun loving, I mean, more fun loving. I don't want it to end. So close the bar, go somewhere else, ended up at someone's house and was told we were doing things till sunrise that I had put away 19 years ago. Would swear I'd never touch oh, it. Oh, that stuff. And that's why I, um, so I smoked a bowl hearing this information and uh, words like uh, peckerwood were brought up from the kitchen, which only come from one area. And I knew this. I'm very, know a lot. Uh, I may not have experienced a lot, but I, I'm, I'm aware. I'm, very, my situational awareness is very high. And uh, then I'm sitting across, and the guy handed the bowl, sitting there, has his arms up while we're talking, and I see in the biggest, boldest letters, blackest ink tattooed, white power. And I'm just like, I'm in the wrong place. I need to get out of here. And I was going to a cornhole tournament, and I got the fuck out of there. But people change. People do things sometimes that they have to live with later, and that could be what was up with these people. Oh. Yeah, I mean, having white power on your on your forearms is a bold move. Yeah, that's right up there with what's-his-name with the swastika on his yeah, forehead. That's, yeah, that's close. I, I, I love picturing him going up to the parole board every couple of years, <laughs> and they're like... Yes, sorry, uh, no. It's probably a no for me. Yeah, that's that's a hard no. That's a hell no (laughs) for me. That's a hell no for me. Do you think people see you as you really are? I mean, and and let me frame the question, too, because you are happy-go-lucky. You are outgoing. You do fill the space. Okay, I can see where you're going with that. So the biggest lie uh, that anybody has ever said, and I try to pay attention when I hear it come back into me, hey, man, how you doing? I'm good. So good. That, Just fine. I'm, I'm fine. It's a lie told every day. The biggest fucking lie ever. Yeah. And I, I didn't people, and I, and you know, people believe me when I say it. So when someone says, oh, I'm all right, 
I have How to stop really and I, yeah, yeah. That's part of that spiritual thing where God's moving me away. I, I feel like in the last nine months, the transformational process that I'm in the middle of or, or mm. will be in for me, hopefully for the rest of my life. I'm not the man I was yesterday. I've never been the man I am today. And probably I'm going to be a different man tomorrow in some ways. I like that. What's the one thing you look forward to in life as you get older? So I did get divorced. See, my youngest, who's not in my life now, is in her mid-20s. Uh, it's what, two years shorter than that. Been divorced a long time. Had just a couple relationships. There was only one really serious relationship in my life, and that was during college. Mm. Um, but... I would like to have a partner in this journey to support and share things with back and forth. So, yeah, she's out there. Oh yeah, yeah. But I want someone who who meets me now and knows who I am today and wants to stick around to find out who I'm going to be tomorrow. Not uh, someone who comes across me a year from now when I finally you, have yeah. all my shit together yeah. again, and then thinks, "Oh yeah, this guy's great. Let me be and part of like, his yeah, life." No, I'm not. Like, well, you <laughs> Have know, you seen my shit show? Like, if, I, if, if it took, yeah, it took a lot to get here. If I'm still single, then I may stay single. Who knows? I'm putting it well, in you God's head. Do you need somebody or no. do you want somebody? Fuck no, I don't need anybody. Okay, there's a um, difference. Yeah. I mean, no, wanting to I, wanting to share the way you articulated it is very healthy. I'm, I'm very, very comfortable with who I am. Yeah. To thine own self, be true. Yeah. If you don't know who you are, how can you be happy with who you are? Yeah, I feel like you know, you know who you so are. So many now. people just struggle with that. Yeah. And that all starts with forgiveness. You got to forgive. You're not forgiving somebody or situation in your past. You're forgiving yourself mm. for putting yourself through or in that situation mm. to free yourself because it's just like they say, you know, when you're born again, um, whether it's the Creator, God, Buddha, Allah, whatever it mm. is, when you're born again, you have to let the old self die. Dead is dead. Mm. Dead is dead. You move on. You, you, you're going to... Yeah, I like that. Oh, shit. Damn, followed by that one. The magic's in the questions. Uh, okay. Are you the person you'd like to be? I work on it every day. I'm going to beat you to it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, was just, I was just enjoying your, the moment. Your questions are amazing. What Let does pay it forward mean to you? Oh, my Thank God. You. I love Thank that you. story. The, the movie, what, Pay It Forward, uh, it's karma. It is, that is the essence of life. You know, what does pay it forward mean to me? Give without expectation in every fucking thing you do. Do it without expectation. I don't expect anything from anybody. If I do something for somebody, it's just because I'm able to. And I have the ability or I know somebody that knows somebody because I know a lot of people. And I might know somebody that can help you with that. Or I might be able to help yeah. you with that. So, yeah. That's that's the answer for that. So I don't know what you're writing, but yeah. Yeah, you keep going. Oh, oh shit. Man. If you met somebody tomorrow and they appreciated you for who you, not who you were, but who you could become, 
Is that different than meeting somebody like... No, that's a good one. I would love someone to help me see who I'm becoming or might have... I have met someone recently that I felt looked right into my soul. And just Mm. the time I spent with that person, even though they're involved with somebody else deeply, it wasn't... I love the energy that she gave my soul shine. Mm. That old All Men Brothers song. She she didn't well, fill it, but she gave it a whole big, a whole big filling. Uh, it just, yeah, she looks. It, it, <laughs> and, it, and it was. It, it seemed like it I don't was know what reciprocal. That was. Something happened there. It seemed like it was reciprocal. We closed. So I was shooting pool. Met, met her with a friend right down the road. She was shooting pool with friends of mine, and uh, he's from Flagstaff. She's from Flagstaff, but she has a girlfriend down in Phoenix that she lives with. But she keeps a fifth wheel up here, and hopefully, yeah, they ain't going to see this. Um, but we then closed that bar, went to two other bars, playing pool as teams, and we were crushing it. We were just, and but the energy, the vibe was intensely, I, I joke sometimes, I think I just met my next ex-wife. Yeah, yeah. I literally said, I think I just met my so next. So back to my question. I think I just met my next wife. Yeah, you got to change this. that. Um Next wife is better. Than, well, no, that's, than that my was next just ex. her. Yeah, yeah. You met your next wife, not the next ex. Exactly. That's the only time I've ever thought that or said that to myself. Oh. That's how deeply moved I was with the way I swear and I thought it was reciprocal, but we did not get the opportunity. I think I might have scared her, but her mother had just died. She was going through a lot. She was helping her father go through a lot. What color does your heart feel like today? And so, what color has it been before? That's why I picked this up, man. That that look at that bright yellow sunshine colored little, little sunflower looking thing. Yeah. That's kind of where I feel like I'm at right now. Um only not fully open yet. I'm I'm still trying to trying you're to still look- trying to get another sunshine to and are you closed or are you trying nature. are you are you trying to open or are you cl- gently closed? Which I'm gently one is closed. It? I definitely am protective. Um one of the things I, I've done is isolate. Uh, mm. You know, I drove Uber in this town in five years, three and a half years, over 9,340 rides, plus plus a couple hundred on Lyft. I have a five-star rating. But you couldn't do that in Phoenix or anywhere else because there are literally signs at ASU how to get free Uber rides. You rate them three or be under, you, and you don't realize you're ruining some guy's rating, his income, his way to take yeah. care of his family. But I'm a tour guide. People are savage. They don't care about that. I'm a tour guide in everything I do. I've been, I told you I was a kayak tour guide in Florida. Didn't get paid for it, but it was a way to meet girls. We had some cool kayaking trips. Was there a time in your life when there was no one left to call? Well, you know, if you've ever had a bottom and you and you find a new bottom below that bottom and another bottom below that through... Hard drugs. Uh, fuck yeah. My that, that was back when there was a show out called um, uh, what a, uh, Intervention. And, and my friends, my family, there was a point where all these people knew what I was dealing with. But yet I was always a functional addict. I mostly kept my job and maintained it. So there was mm. no, because again, my character defect is I don't ask for help but they knew there was no ever an intervention no one tried to intervene on Dale's behalf so yeah I know what that feels like deeply oh. how do you know 
God is listening when you pray? Uh, for me, praying is just that conversation I have with God mm. when I'm driving down the road. So when I got clean and sober 19 years ago in Tampa Bay, Florida, you couldn't go five minutes and have three different options for a meeting to go somewhere almost any time throughout the day. And uh, it was an amazing community to get clean and sober in. Mm. So um, I gained that conscious contact with God way back then. And mm. even though I've fallen off the wagon, jumped off the wagon a couple of times, it wasn't back to the hard drugs. It was just alcohol and marijuana. And I had to give up the one because it, it eventually I'd start drinking and drinking too much. Well, I think drinking leads to everything, right? I mean, you well, start drinking, then you, then next thing you know. For yeah. me, I, I've smoked pot most of my life, on and off, most mostly on. And um, when I have quit drinking, that's probably what made it easier for me to start drinking again. And you know, I've gone to meetings high, where not really drunk because I'm I'm not a day drinker. I'm a midnight toker and a late night drinker. I go to the bar at 9 to 10, 30 at night because I know it's going to close at 2 and I can only get so drunk in that period, time period of time unless I decide to go to an after party or come back home and finish a bottle of vanilla crown and some Dr. Pepper. Really good stuff. That's smooth. <laughs> smooth. So I, oh, wait, here. Dr. Dr. Pepper and vanilla crown. That's a combo right there. Either as a mix or as a chaser. So yeah. I have a gift for you. Traveling in your RV, I have more than 50 of these vanilla crown bags in my RV right now. Here's a couple of them. They're great for carrying swag, whatever you're doing, little mics, your cards even. I use them for all kinds of things. Um, I also have this for you. Thank Actually, you, you, you have it's your choice. Kind. You have your choice. Uh, do you like the Discover Grand Canyon State of Mind? which is a local brewery, microbrewery, or do you like the, uh, I'll let you choose one. Black and I white. I have two Green of those. Candy. So I have, I have the, oh, that's the good. brother to that okay. one. So that's a good Thank choice. Thank you. I picked this up at a thrift store. Uh, Uber passenger gave me two of those. They work there. My, um, and then <clears throat> my dad had a heart attack when I was, oh, I'm sorry. Keep going. No, no, no. no yeah. Let's keep going. So a feather. I, I have, uh, I'm Cherokee. My, I have, Great grandfather on my dad's side, great grandmother on my great grandfather on my mother's side married Cherokee women, but because back then in that time and age, if you married outside the nation, you were cut off. It's yeah, like yeah. cutting your right yeah, hand yeah, off. Yeah. You were cut off from the nation. Yeah, There's no prominence other than we knew that. And the one grandmother on my mother's side, I believe, she passed away from picking up a Pepsi bottle and a baby rattlesnake. Because uh, baby rattlesnakes don't know how to control the amount of venom yeah, yeah, that they let yeah. out and yeah, they, killed they, her. And she was old and small and uh, Cherokee. But uh, throughout Native traditions, smudging and smoke, uh, if you do the smudging for you burn sage and, yeah. and things, you use the feather to spread that around. And, and the, I don't even know what kind of feather it is. I have two of them because two feathers somewhere in my history or my life or somewhere in my life, two feathers mean something. I don't remember why. So maybe that's another memory. I don't know. Yeah. But that also is for you. Whoa. So that, that's my, my couple it's one of, of your real. It's you. like a, one of your real feathers. Did the, uh, where? Well, thank you for that. Was this one I, I don't think we covered that one. 
Oh, we haven't done that. That's the one I just picked out. Yeah, so let's share with you real quick. Uh, my father had a heart attack. He never drank. Had a heart attack and uh, when he was 70 and or 68, something like that. Doctor said, you should, you know, your job and everything you do, you should go home every night. You should pour yourself a proper whiskey. Yep. You know, you need to. Those medical, you need to, sound medical advice, You need to right? freaking chill, bro. You know, you need to go home at night and pour yourself a double. And, and so my old man never did anything half-ass. You know, everything he did was full on. So he went out and bought a bottle of Crown Royal. Really? And that's what he drank. That was his go-to thing forever. Oh, man, I hope that and, gift doesn't and have so it's, bad connotations. No, all good. All okay, good. So good. I just remember we good. saved all of his purple Crown Royal purple, bags. Yeah. Purple and gold. Yep. And now they have, you know, the peach, which is oh, they got all kinds color, of, yeah. and apple, apple and Sprite, yeah, too sweet, the peach, and it's all right, but the vanilla crown is smooth, baby. What are your values, Dale? Well, I, I like to say, uh, I think I mentioned earlier, I'm peaceful, loving, yeah. kind, patient, and tolerant. So I try to maintain what, uh, and I couldn't list them, the fruits of the Spirit. And I do seek the armor of God, and I don't fully understand those, but I understand enough to know that God, God, God was always with me through mm-hmm. my ups, my downs. He just let me have control. And until you ask the Creator to come into your life, and you, you get the fuck out of your own way, and you let the Creator, whether it's the Holy Spirit, the the you know whatever religion, because mm-hmm. who says all religions aren't the same? I mean, even Jesus, I think, had a number of years where he was gone, could have been maybe all at the same time Jesus was, Allah, Buddha, uh, the, the creator. And I, and my friend, co-worker at work is uh, an older Navajo. I want to call him a Che, which means, uh, hmm. you know, the leader, kind of a, or a, uh, oh, shoot, there's a word for it, um, teacher. But... Um, he was telling me about the creation of the world is different from our Christian belief and that to them, the animals came from the dark world into this world, which brought this world into existence and then created the, the God and the heavens and the earth and, the, and people, white and Amer- all peoples. The animals are the creators from the dark world where there was no light to this world where there is light and the story of the raven is a lot like the story of the greek story of icarus where um, the bugs um so the raven used to be pure white beautiful beyond belief the the most beautiful thing in the world they could fly and faster higher than anything else and they got too close to the sun turned black fell back to the earth and that is why the raven is destined Mm. to roam the earth as that's what I try to be. Oh, yeah. And relates to the girl that fed my soul shine, possibly. I don't know. Someone with an open and loving heart yep. brings positive energy everywhere they go. Yep. Do you know someone like this? I have known a few people like this, and that's probably what I try to. That is maybe a goal that I try to become in yeah, my transformation. Like emulating or, or. Yeah. Yeah. That's a cool. I love the jar. This is really neat. Yeah, it's, it's, it's good. Really we skip, cool. skipped on through. Oh, shit. Damn. That's a yeah. tough one. Ooh. 
I just thought, I wasn't sure what to expect when you said right. it was a tough one. It turns out it's like one of these, what's your favorite color questions. Right. <laughs> it becomes the hardest one. What's your favorite holiday or a favorite and least favorite? Interesting. I think my heaviest drinking and drugging was during the winter, the fall to winter holidays, Thanksgiving and Christmas and New Year's. My birthday was couple days before Halloween so I my mom said I you're so close to Halloween you got a little of the devil in you and I might have took that as uh, something to emulate <laughs> rather than yeah I don't know you know coming from that law and order household be careful what you tell your kids you right you never know how they're gonna take it so <laughs> yeah I don't know if that answered your question but we're moving on it's a favorite color question oh, please I've already yeah mm-hmm no. Yeah. We, I mean, we haven't we haven't got this one. Uh, I've, t- I've touched it. You touched on it. You talked a little bit I about even it. Mentioned. But you mentioned the word, but have you ever asked for forgiveness? I have. I have. I mean, that's part of the twelve steps, right? Just recently, with my daughter. Which this one or or Shelby here? here. Yes. Yeah. Well, my other one, uh, Taylor. The greatest heartache I've ever had in my life is to have your child not want you in their life anymore. Okay, so the older, the younger the one younger is... The younger one is, chose her mother's side and cut everyone on my side of the family. My mother, I don't know why. What about the sister? Uh, Shelby. Sister. Shelby, uh, oh. No, yeah, are they, are they talking? No, no. In fact, she's probably got more of an attitude than I do. I'm open to the, to the possibility someday. But, um, yeah, she's kind of pissed that she cut me in. And and her and everybody, she doesn't understand it. Uh, and I, probably rightfully so. Maybe I don't know. That's it's her perspective. Again, there's tolerance, allowing and, people to be who they are and where they are, to be on their own path. Uh, what was the question also, again? Also, to cut people out who aren't, so, aren't yeah, you know, I, that aren't healthy for you. There's you know? that too. I mean, it could be times where she has her own view. I overwhelm my daughter with my life. Like I told you, my daughter thinks I'm crazy because of all the different shit that I'm involved in that I'm doing. But it's just, just where God's taking me and leading me. Yeah. But I overwhelm her. She doesn't need to be involved and know all this and some of the details of the yes. current things I'm dealing with. Yes. And this is in the last month and a half. I had mm. to be humbled. And at first I was like, well, honey, I, it is what it is what it is. I, but I will say in that same breath, I am your father. You should, well, you, you deserve to show me some level of respect and at least just accept I am who I am, hmm. but I don't, but I, I've had to change because I, it was too much. And I understand that. I've even had friends tell me, Dale, shut the fuck up. They don't need to know all that. And she definitely didn't need to know all that about everything. I barely, I think I sent her just two days ago, uh, your intro to who you are and let her know that this was happening. Oh, Okay. So, yeah. This is the one you don't talk to. No, the, oh, this, I don't, oh, okay. this is my daughter here. Your daughter the, here. With, okay. of, of my mother of my two grandchildren, which I, I, I say that being a parent is the best job in the world, but you will redefine patience on a daily basis. And that never stops, no matter how old they are, because we get older and we, some of that patience, redefining patience is for me, yeah. for her. Because you don't gain a son, you're not giving up a daughter, but you're giving up your daughter to start her own family and life. Yes. And 
there's a lot of letting go involved with that. That's not exactly, again, these are now just redundant, but that's okay. Yeah. Yeah, you keep yeah. going, though. No, the beauty's right. in the struggle to answer yeah, exactly. it. Exactly. Oh, no, it's not a struggle. Go ahead. Have you ever felt hopeless or lost? Many times. Through my through my addictions, my recoveries, through relationships. Give us, a, give us an example. What's the time that comes to like, you know, when you see the question, what pops up as okay, that the first, one earlier, Im the first image? Yeah, one earlier where my family knew about my extreme addictions to cocaine and and the harder versions of that, and no, not nobody from my family came to my door, knocking on my door to say, "What are you doing? Stop." Fuck, I, I'd have moved into my brother's fucking living room. Well, I did it after my mom died. But I, if I knew he had a problem like that, I'd have been at his door camped. If I'd have had to send a tent up in his fucking front yard, I would have. Hmm. So, yeah, I know what that's like. Do, you, it, do you feel? Do you feel let down because it didn't come for you? You can't help but not have that somewhere in there. Yeah. But again, forgiveness and moving on and just accepting I, I chose what I chose. And living through that, like my problem with my dental situation. You know, I have no teeth mm. beyond the gum line up top. Nobody can tell. Hardly anybody knows. I, I just lost the last two on pool league. I'm shooting pool against a guy. Uh, someone offered me their nachos. And I had a partial in the front, which looked like a fucking snaggle tooth, and one on the side. And uh, I was took a bite out of these nachos while I'm, the guy I'm playing, and I heard this loud, the worst crack I've heard in of any of them going away, because they died one nerve at a time, which pain is temporary. And you could tattoo me my entire arm or back at one time if the artist could maintain it. But um, so... I was like, fuck, I knew what had happened. Fished around in my mouth, pulled the two out, set it down on the table. My my other buddy's wife was sitting there, and she watched what was going on, and, and she's like, damn, that? And I walked over to the door because there was still a jagged piece awkwardly into my gum line now, and thank God a little bit was sticking out because I set my pulled stick by the door of the Mountaineer Tavern in Mountaineer, walked out to the front porch next to the parking lot, reached in there, yanked it out, flipped it into the parking lot like a fucking badass because I'm a German hillbilly, and I and when, walked right back in, grabbed my pull stick. It was my turn, and I just went to shooting, and it wasn't until I got done with my shot, and I came back to the table. She's like, Dale, what the fuck was that? I said, well, that's part of my tooth. The other part, I just flipped into the parking lot, and I, I'm waiting on my shot. German hillbillies. Tough, stubborn, but resourceful and uh, creative. I mean, we move on the fly. Oh, man. When someone lives in the past, what's the physical and mental cost on the people around them? So there's two ways I can go. Someone who's stuck in the past can't deal with it and commits suicide. Hmm. You know, they're fucking cowards because they didn't face the past and move beyond. And they just sentenced everyone that loved them to live without them. 
that's the worst extreme of that. The other one is, man, if you don't forgive someone else for, even if it was a thousand percent their fault, mm. but you got some ownership in there some way, somehow. You got to forgive yourself for letting that person do that to you so that you can move on. Mm-hmm. I mean, how do you move on if you're still holding resentments and regrets? You can't. Kind of hard. And the people around you suffer because you're miserable. They become miserable. And how do, you know. And I become anchored. Oh, hell yeah. Hell yeah. It's karma and energy. Hell yeah. God dang it. That's how I try to live my life. Good karma. Give without expectation in everything you do. And the universe gives it all back to mm. you. It's a, it's, it's a circle life. It's like why I dance. I'll go to catch a band play. And everyone at Charlie's at the Weatherford Hotel, sitting around, eating, having drinks, conversing. Well, kick-ass bands playing, uh, playing some like reggae-infused Almond Brothers, R- both right out of my wheelhouse. Mm. Blues, reggae, rock, southern rock, rhythm and blues. Ah, oh, fuck, that's me. Bring it. Even a little bit of country. I like some country. Oh, sorry, I like yeah. some country too. But um, so my second spiritual gift is the ability to get people up on the dance floor. So I just get in there and the music moves me. Fuck, I throw whatever I got my hands down and I just start dancing. And I dance, I don't give a fuck. I don't dance like nobody's watching. And half the time I'll close my eyes and just dance. And every now and then I'll open my eyes. And because if a band's or musician's playing, he's playing out to the audience. If the audience isn't involved actively, they're giving zero energy back to the musician. Yeah, yeah. But if you're dancing and get other people dancing, that gives the energy back to the musicians. And like my, the Yodis, you can look them up on YouTube. Uh, they have a, everything they, all the songs they do tell a story in the history of Native Americans. They're a Hopi cool. reggae band. And uh, he talks about how uh, the music is, so I feedback the energy back to the band Mm -hmm. then they build that into their music and they put that message up out into the universe and that and it it spreads out with the internet today i mean hell yeah look at what you're doing same shit great making energy putting it right out in the universe through the internet creating energy man I know two answers. How the old me and how the we're off the re- we're off the repeat temporarily. Yeah. If you only had one day left to live, what would you want to do with it? Well, the old me would be self centered, want to get drunk and smashed, and get a maybe couple of dance strippers, a couple, and, couple and, of and, girls, and, 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 and have a <laughs> hell of a good time. Hell of a good time. That's the old me. The new me would want to spend it with my daughter and grandsons. Mm. And just try and love on them and give them whatever energy I could left so that they could carry it forward. Because mm. like eventually that. they're going to have children and grandchildren and they'll think of their grandfather and, and dad and yeah. share it and pass it down. It's eternal. It, it, it's eternal. Oh, shit. That's there's so much. 
<laughs> I think anybody that reads this question goes, "Oh, I, I got a few. I got a list. Which uh, one? Uh, right? <laughs> where, where do I, I where would I start? So we only got it like eight minutes left. Uh, what keeps you up at night? You know, it used to be regrets. Things from my past used to keep me up for really? hours and hours. Is you, that why I, you? Drink? I have the hardest time falling asleep. Yeah, probably why Is I drank why as drink? much as I did because uh, it kept me awake and hopefully I'd pass out. And what regrets? But what? What keeps me up awake at night yeah. now? Um, this transformation. I I'll sleep about three and a half hours almost religiously, and I'll wake up for an hour, hour and a half, which I'll either have something on my head that I need to get mm -hmm. on paper. Or oh, okay. maybe something I need to look up and find more info about. And then I'll go and have the deepest part of my sleep for the next two hours mm. before I get up. So that's like five, six hours. Yeah. And I used to sleep anywhere from nine to 15 hours. Uh, isolating, drinking, hunting over, just, you know, sleeping. Being depressed. Good. Being depressed. Being depression. Yeah, I guess it is depression. depression. Yep. Have you been to therapy? Uh, yeah, somewhat. I mean, you, 12 steps is therapy. You know, the whole yeah. 12 step thing is, it was a therapist that I went to my EAP at Valpac back it's, in the day. And that's I mean, I'd what, argue it's therapeutic, but it's not therapy. Um, honestly, I'm the person that most people will talk to and open up to. For some reason, people tell me their life, and I can't shut the fuck up, but I can when I'm listening to someone mm. tell me there's what's going on. I'm very good. I think I'd be an awesome a therapist or I just consider myself a guide. They have. There is a designation now. Um, I can't remember what it's called now. It's like a community counselor. It's not a therapist, but it's a, a lived experience person. Yeah. So it's some, not dissimilar from helping in 12 steps. Yeah. Um, but you, you become a counselor and you're like on the phone. Well, I could and you probably could do that, but I like being in communication with people. Like my last sponsor, I got rid of because there was no personal. You did, and the person I sponsor, when I sponsor someone, um, you have to be part of their lives. You have to know what's going on you in their lives. You, you need to be in their face yeah. a little bit. I would, I would agree with that. Oh well, that we've talked a little bit about. It's hard not to touch on some of this. Yeah, I'm just as I was reading, it, I'm trying to think, and and but I'm just gonna let I'm gonna read it and let it go. Can you tell us about a trauma in your life and what you learned from it? Well, there were the deaths of both my parents. Yeah, um, taught me a lot about humility, humbling myself to them, mm. to their needs at their time in life. But the greatest trauma I had in my life was my daughter, my youngest daughter, choosing not to be part of my life anymore. What happened from well, you know, from your view? I mean, you might have an idea from her, maybe not, but not entirely sure. Which is a scary part because I was, like I said, I was a functional alcoholic and addict. Daddy would be tired. My sleep apnea was also an issue too. So sometimes some of those conditions, like we had to play a game at the traffic light. Tell daddy when the light turns green because my sleep apnea, I could nod off at the traffic light. My apnea was so bad. My sleep study, I, I keep myself from going into REM, from falling asleep 46 times an hour. But I was 290 plus pounds. So the weight, so that it was two deviated septums, a soft palate surgery they wanted to do, and the weight loss. 
So I had one deviated. I couldn't. I don't even remember which nose nostril got operated on. Um, wasn't going to have my soft palate because I love comfort food for life, yo. Uh, definitely a big comfort food guy, which relates to those Google Map things mm. I was showing you earlier. Um, and then the weight loss. So, you know, cutting out the fast foods, eating not, like three, four meals a day. Because, you know, when you're 290, you want to eat a lot. And you eat a lot of, eat. I remember supersized McDonald's meals. And I ate them. Oh. And I drank uh, six. I'm, so, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, six plus uh, big gulp doc, uh, sodas, mostly oh. Dr. Pepper's plus a day. Oh, goodness. That was my main liquid intake. Oh, Bes- God. Besides or with the alcohol consumption, oh, which God. I was never a beer drinker. I'm a German. That's one part of my German. Don't do sauerkraut. Uh, didn't drink beer. I'm not, I never did like it. You got to pee. Too. Once you pee, you got to keep peeing. And, and and I used to, in high school, probably to drink some beers and go outside, puke, come back in and keep going. Because it was just too filling. But whiskey, moonshine, whiskey, that was part of that comfort zone. Just it was quick and easy and painless. Till you wake up. Yeah, hangovers suck. The older you get, the longer they worse. Well, and also you a lot of that's a lot of sugar. Oh yeah, yeah. Alcohol two hundred ninety plus pounds. Alcohol and sugar is not a good combo. Do you get along with negative people? I think I get along with most people. You know, some people are the jocks, the band geeks. I had friends and kind of got along with everybody um, today. Do I get along with negative people? I don't have as much tolerance for the negative people, but my my best friend who might watch this here in town, he knows he's on disability, not just for pain issues, mm. but he's a mentally a, a, a challenge for people. So you know, he can be very negative. And I've told him we've talked about his... The toxicity of his negativism yeah. absorbed you. And that's part of where my daughter was like, I didn't need to know any about about you and Joel and dealing with this and that. And again and again and again, because I forgive people and I move on. So I do, we're, we're, I'm not blocked right now. We're friends today. Mm. I'm back to one of those pies is going to his house tonight. Nice. Along with Tracy, who's got MS and doesn't get out much. I, she was my customer from my second week of driving uber six years ago and um i became a regular because when you have ms and you're in a wheelchair you've had it for i don't know 15 years been in the wheelchair for seven eight and uh, about my same age probably a year or so older than me but lives on her own her parents are in their 90s live nearby but they're no help in that. In, I mean, yeah who's helping her, who her parents and her best friend just want her to go into a home and she would have to sign over whatever disability she has, to and the they home. would give her an allowance. Yeah. And that's not enough to even be in a nice home, be in a shitty home. So I've been a Uber driver because I have the car that's not a SUV, not a van, yeah. not a pickup truck. No, not that. The, the Sentra. Oh, okay. But that hauls my kayaks and i'm a water spirit and i love the water I, like i said i was a kayak guide in florida for my buddy's business and great way to meet women do sangria sunset trips and kaya yoga kaya kayaking for fitness trips it was awesome so i'm, I'm a power kayaker but it's all about the 
your form in anything you do. If you get really good or skilled, that's why I'm a competitive pool player. I'm trying to get to that next level to maybe win some good money or get a, but I'm not nowhere near that. Arizona, Phoenix, there's some amazing pool players. And their ratings, Fargo ratings, aren't even huge. Mine's a little under 400 maybe. But the past two years where I play most of my games, they don't even report to Fargo, so none of that shit's been posted. I still don't only have 109 games. You need 200 games in Fargo rate to be seasoned and considered. Oh. Another. God dang, these are easy. They're just killing me. Yeah, it's getting better and better. I think this sure is a good last one. Do you? Oh, yeah, good it's last a good one. last okay. one. Because it kind of covers, it's got yesterday's to them. It's got tomorrow's Man, and yesterday's. I was yesterday's. just going to breeze right through it. That's our last one. Okay. Well, we'll get, we'll get some fun. closing thoughts. It's been fun. It's been a lot of fun. Really good. You had some great questions. What matters more, your yesterday's or your tomorrow's? Definitely my tomorrow's, but it was my yesterday's that got me to where I am today. Hmm. And that's good and bad. All yeah, that it's bad. good and bad, right? I tend to think that uh, I've always kind of thought that if, if or when there is a uh, apocalypse or the what's the what's the Bible called the end days? I don't know. Right? Revelations. Um, Revelations. In, in, in Revelations, yeah, it's like yeah. An apocalypse. If or when that happens, I, I tend to I've always tend to think that God has put me through everything I've been through on purpose. That I will be, well, no, that's two different thoughts. That I will be here after to help guide people from the wide path to the ah. narrow path. Again, the guide. Um, but then along with that, the yesterdays to today's, I think that God allowed me, because he doesn't make bad things happen to people. Bad no. shit happens. That's just life. The poor frog crossing the road didn't see that semi coming down and squash him. Bad timing. The semi didn't do it. You know, the frog didn't mean to do it. It just happened. So sometimes shit happens. Um, but a lot of what I've been through, I did to myself. I, yeah. Those were decisions I put myself into, yeah. situations I put myself into. And I knew better. I knew I should have stayed away from that, but it felt good. And it was fun. And, you know, the strippers and cocaine, they're a tough thing to separate, especially in, in, in Florida. Man, you can't. Separate that. Yeah, that seems that seems like it's counterintuitive, you know. Yeah, so, it's like alligators and, and alligators. And if skin. you don't even <laughs> go to a strip club, you don't have either to tempt you. So there was that. My father and mother, they were never big drinkers, no drugs. Uh, so yeah, um, I most of what I've done in my life has been self-inflicted, drawn through it, by, and I own that. Just like the fact that I have no teeth up on the top row today. Uh, you think it's prepared you though for, I mean, the life you're kind of settling into, right? Of yeah. you want to be this guide, you want to be the job I'm at today to be a city bus driver here in Flagstaff is perfect. Hell, I might even I'm trying to be the guy. So the guy that uh, in charge of safety and the drug and alcohol testing and awareness for the training for the drivers, because drivers got to be held at a high, CDLs have to be, oh. you're driving people, you, you have people's lives in your hand, you got a 38,000 pound bus, 60,000 pound if it's the articulated, the one looks like an accordion in yeah. the middle. Um, I mean, that's quite a weapon. Yeah, so you should, yeah, you're held to a higher standard for health. 
for the safe for safety yeah. of others, for if nothing else. So you know, CBD is not an option. Hard drugs, not even weed, can't have that. So uh, federal mandate. So what they collect in fares wouldn't cover two bus drivers' salary for the month from all the buses that month. That's how little the fare impacts. So what supports public transportation? Public transportation or city, county, and state funding mm. and federal that comes in. So because it's the FTA, Federal Transportation Administration, is oversees all of this, um, 50% of bus drivers must be tested before, during, or after their immediate shift every year. And wow. it's a random generator. So one guy might get picked five times and one guy never get yeah. picked. Um, so somebody has to be involved in that. So the guy at our company that does that is a retired military and Navajo police in that drug and alcohol because on reservations, you know, it's federal, but there's also, you know, that um, I come from the other side. I'm the flip of that coin. I went to my EAP when I was at Valpac. It was a great commu uh, company, even though we refer to it as Valcatraz. I, I commuted my sentence early and got out after 16 plus years. Uh, there was a time in Florida, I was about $168,000 short of being worth a million dollars on paper. And then came 08 and 09 and the market crashed. And I love that one movie that shows the guy that got rich because he predicted the fall and bet against it. And the insurance company said, yeah, we'll let, we'll sign that. We'll underwrite that policy because it'll never fucking happen. Yeah. And I was of the belief that property never is never a loss. Well, it can be a loss if you're trying to flip when you should hold. If you're caught, if you're caught straddling that game, a lot of people were. I was. I was. Yeah. yeah. There was a lot of people playing that flip game back then and got hung out. Yep. And not one of those property uh, note holders came after me. Not one. No one. One, they even lost the paperwork because the paper flipped so many times after that they don't even know where the paperwork went. Nobody wow. has the original paper, but it's on Asperian or the credit yeah, bureaus. Yeah, still but, on there. So basically, I, I defaulted. They took mm -hmm. the properties back. They were all improved. Uh, even the house I bought for $160,000 uh, the next owner bought it for sixty nine thousand. That's how much the market had changed, and the what they were able to buy it from the mortgage company because they're not a they're not a real yeah, they're estate. Not real. They're not real estate they people. didn't want to keep real estate, mm. so they need they write off the losses, took in the cash that they got for the sale. They were happy, so none of that came back to me. But my mind's clearer now, and eh, who knows, Dale. Can. Awesome conversation. But some closing thoughts or Man. a message, you know, could be oh, closing man. thoughts for the audience. People listening could be um, people like, you know, struggling with what you were struggling with back in the day. Could be to your daughter, your wow. younger daughter, um, or it could be to the, you know, his little grandkids. Man. I mean, so, this is permanent, right? So people listen to this in five years. It'll It'll be there. A lot of what I would, my message forward would be, I love your thought where you stole, uh, we're in the third act of our life. Um, I'm definitely in the third act of my life, which is the closing process. So third of my life was Cincinnati and 
third of my life was Tampa Bay, Florida, and the last third will be here. They can spread my ashes on these sacred mountains and the rivers and waters of, of Arizona um, and maybe send some back to Treasure Island because we put my father's ashes on the T.I. Reef. Um, wow. That maybe my grandsons would someday learn of my past only to see they already know who I am today. I was not the best dad. I wasn't. That's why one of my youngest daughter didn't want to be a part of my life and chose to cut out the entire family. But I wasn't a bad dad. I wasn't a, a if she really thought about it um, and took ownership of her own decisions and, and things that she was dealing with, I would hope someday she might. And I think maybe one of her kids, if she ever has kids, might come and want to get to know their grandfather. And if they talk to my grandsons, they'll be like, he's amazing. He's pretty cool. He's a pretty cool guy. So uh, I wasn't the best dad, but I'm the best damn grandpa possible. I own, I love my, my business card that I made as a Uber driver. Grandpa's on call, transporting people and products in northern Arizona. <laughs> now today, I uh, let's see, I'm a sound engineer, a church for service. I uh, call myself a 1% promoter for local bands, and meaning I take no money in it. If the band has shirts or something, wants to throw me some swag. I love swag. Um, as you can see, I have all kinds of swag, um, stickers all over my car. Uh, but I like to help things that I love and enjoy, um, I promote. Like I have my YouTube channel, at Love Out Loud Today. I have six followers. I don't even know who to how to look up. I know two of them have bands because I followed them, and, they, and it grew by two over the next day so i know i followed them they followed me that's at least two <laughs> i got six followers right i got six followers what's that's the channel again at love out loud today you may get you probably YouTube. have eight by the time you that this would be cool airs. that two more <laughs> <laughs> i'll go home and follow you nine <laughs> and if i ever figure out how to make bank if anyone out there knows how to make bank off of my google maps photo views and and um uh recommendations I have what one million nine hundred and eighty thousand, one million nine hundred eighty thousand photo views of things I've put on base on uh, Google Maps of where I've been, what I've liked, what I've because I don't I don't talk negatively because negative a bad reviews travel like wildfire, but a good review if you love something, you really enjoyed something, you had excellent customer service, spread that shit. Mm -hmm. I'm so sick and tired of the news, the government, the negativity. Um, I could go into rabbit hole after rabbit hole on conspiracy theories. I'm, but I, and I love the end of that movie with Mel Gibson because all the crazy shit he said throughout the entire movie. There's this little broad news broadcast happening going through the credits. And damn near every crazy son of a bitch and thing that he talked about happened in like two news stories recapped. Just in that last, we need more conspiracy second. theories because they're all <laughs> they've, we've, they've yeah. all come true. Yes, I love Anthony Oliver. His music is absolutely amazing. Yeah, and, he's quite a phenom right now, isn't he? But 
So look at what he did, though. He had uh, a show come up recently, and they were charging ridiculous amounts of money. Yeah, I and can't. he he was he rebelled because it was never supposed to be more than twenty to forty five dollars yeah. for a ticket. Unlike this other guy that I follow, Shaky Graves, coolest name. And he tells the story of how he got it. His music's phenomenal. He's like a, a one-man band kind of thing. But he's coming to the Orpheum here this weekend or, or might have just played or about to play. And they're selling his tickets at $165 per. And he's never done a major tour before. That I, I've never heard of him before the last year. Yeah, that's wrong. So, uh, fine. I'm glad you can make bank uh, shaky. But I think you're doing a disservice to your Mexican-American heritage because your peoples can't afford that bullshit. Thank you, Anthony Oliver. God bless you. you your music speaks hmm. the heart of every American, especially that north of Richmond. But he has a whole bunch of other music, too. It's got some good I love some it all. songs. I really love it good. all. It's yeah, just really good. absolutely amazing. And then I told you my uh, my if I had one song to represent my twelfth step in recovery, it would be uh, this would be my final thought. Bill Withers, the song title is "Use Me," and if you knew what it like to feel, if you knew what it like to be be me. Because it feels, it feels so good to be me. Come on and use me up. That would be my message to the world. I, that's how I'm going to live my life. That's how I'm going to go out at the end of my life. Is uh, I'm going to give back till till it kills me. And maybe if there's a if there's a uh, if there's a, a a dentist that can do all on four in. Uh, implants and give me a, a real smile again and I won't have to go through the cheap process with uh, because I'm getting extract I have insurance now my new job which will hold me accountable to my sobriety and my cleanness and uh, I got benefits so I've already had x-rays I'm, I'm old I got arthritis in my shoulder and fucking osteopineal something in my foot it's just I'm old but I, I, my, all, all my chemistry and everything on the inside, I got the insides of a 40-year-old. Out of the way, baby. So, you know, I, I might be old on the outside. <clears throat> but, uh, yeah, there might be, uh, what do they call it, uh, snow on the on the rooftop, but there's a fire in the furnace. There's a fire in the furnace, baby. Maybe, maybe some, some beautiful spirit of a woman will come warm herself beside this fire. There you go. Oh shit! <laughs> uh, isn't that beautiful? Damn, really? Dale, yeah. thanks. That's a beautiful closing oh, remark. Oh man! Thanks for being a guest again. Thanks for opening up your neighborhood in front of your home. Sitting out here, I'm getting a stare at the mountains. I've got the best view. I give you the that, bad that view. Real, no, I, I see it every day when I come yeah. out to work, go to work. I post my shit on Facebook. I'm a Facebook whore. It's better, better it's for the, the light the for the for the yeah. camera. So. Thanks again so much for being a guest. Thanks, everybody, for listening, supporting The Jar, so we can get great stories like Dale's out. You can meet real people, having real conversations, you know, real like look that. back on somebody's life, you know, the good and the bad. And there's nothing <sighs> nothing but real stuff here. And, you know, we're all humans. And you can, like Dale's story, man, we're all just trying to, you know, walk each other home. 
Thanks, everybody. I love you, man. It was great you. getting to meet you today for the first time. Even our texts have been real short and yeah. brief. And I'm like, come on up, man. I'll take you kayaking and take you, show you some music. And Love it, Dale. Uh, you are very busy. I, I, I love your journey. Who knows? Maybe someday you'll pass the jar to a fellow traveler. I will. I hope I, to pass I'd, a lot I'd of jars. I'd love to do a walkabout for a little while. When my grandsons are going to get to that teenage years, they won't need us around as much. won't need Grandpa as much. But I'll still be in their lives. You I'll still that, be there. you get a jar and travel around. I, I, could do, I could get a jar and travel. I think I could do that for a little while. Thanks but again. but I'll, maybe I'll figure out how we can monetize this shit too. Like I'm trying to do so. Hopefully you know, I'll figure that out. Find a sponsorship, sponsorship, man. Amen to that. From your from your lips to God's <laughs> ears, bro, my friend. And hey, we can't get much closer. We're, right. we're six thousand feet up. So seven, hello, God. Seven thousand. <laughs> seven thousand. Yep, yep. <sighs> Tallest mountain in Arizona, Mount Humphreys, uh, thir- just under thirteen thousand feet. They're called the San Francisco Peaks. It's beautiful. It really is. Thanks again, my friend. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Jar. If you would like to be one of our guests, please email thejarguest at gmail.com or follow our journey on your favorite social media platforms. See you all on the road.